God's design, sex. Hello and welcome to the Ignite podcast, um, where we discuss life and the lens through our Anabaptist roots. This is our youth podcast. Um, I'm Julie Adams, I'm your host, and I'm joined by Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Glad to be back, um, moving through this series of God's design for our lives. Yeah, yeah. So different kind of subject today. Fun topic. Yep, yep, (laughs) yep. Talking about sex. And you know, it's something I think we need to be able to talk about in the church. um, Yeah. Just because... Well, because we don't. We don't. And it's, it. to be honest, it's part of life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the church has shied away from this a lot over the years. Well, you know what? I think there's the misconception that if we talk about it, it's going to... Um, affect people and it's going to make... Well, make it more... Make people want to have sex more. But it's, it's not true when you taboo something and don't talk about it. It makes people want to do things more. It makes you more curious about exactly. it. Exactly. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So... Yes. So... <clears throat> We're going to talk. If you hear me do that through the podcast, that's because I'm getting over a cold and I have a little bit of cough. So I just want to say sorry now, um, which might make Julie's life easier when editing. Um, (laughs) So I know this subject makes a lot of people uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. It it just is. You say sex and people squirm a little bit because they're just like, I don't really want to discuss that. Yeah. Well, Um, it's it's private. It's it's, very private. I think it's meant to be a little bit private. Yes. I I think there's, there's aspects that are meant to be private. I think there's also aspects where... We need to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think we need to be able to talk about it with our teenagers as well, our yeah. youth as well, because let's be honest, we're growing up in a culture and society that's different from anything we've experienced before. Yeah. Um, where sex, sexuality is talked about all the time, and it's talked about in a way that is so accepting and progressive that mm-hmm. I feel like our churches don't really know what to do about it. So we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that. Um, yep. So yeah, and I think that. Um, A lot of people listening to this podcast might be like, I can't believe we're just saying sex so naturally and so open. That sounds weird because usually we don't hear it like this. We live in a culture where it doesn't usually happen. If you're wondering what that beeping was, Julie just turned off the heating device in the room. So I'm right under this, I don't know what it is, but it is like a, a thing that is blowing directly into my face. It's called a neoplasma heating thing. It's by Yeah, OG. it's really convenient when it's cold up here. Um, it heats you but up. But when it's blowing in your face, it's a yeah, little it hard. Yeah, it really in my face. Sorry about that. We digress. <laughs> Carry on, Pastor so, Wes. Yeah. Carry on. So... <laughs> In our culture today, it's hard for Christians not to talk about sex and sexuality. Yeah. Because ultimately, we are viewed as the people who hate it, who judge it to the most extreme extent. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And let's be honest, we live in a rural place. Yes. This is Wayne's. This is not Cambridge. So for me, living in Cambridge, it was almost easier to talk about sex with students because, you know, living in the city and that kind of stuff, it was more around them, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And even in the church, even though Cambridge Church was a little rural, we were still able to talk about it a little bit. But here in Wayne I find it's a little different Mm because there's a huge demographic change between the students and the adults in the congregation. The adults in the congregation are country people. That is what they are. The students in the congregation go to high school or are connected to social media, are on social media most of the time. Mm -hmm. They're almost the same as people living in inner city. Ah, you find that... The culture is similar. They still have country culture. That's something still yeah. very... Pre- Wayne Fleet culture. But they're much more progressive. They're much more understanding. They understand things. They know world topic issues. Mm-hmm. They know these things. Yeah. 
And all the time we don't think youth in the country will know these things. They do now because they're so connected with technology. Yep. So what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today is sex. But I want to, I want to clarify this first. What we're saying here, and every time that we speak, every time we come on here, when we, st- when we sit here and we talk, we're trying to persuade peace. That's what we are doing. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to persuade, you know, come from a judgmental standpoint, but one of understanding and wanting to learn. That's yeah. where we come from. Yep. We want to be able to go alongside you guys and learn through a podcasting lens and go from what that means. Now, the church, when talking about sex and sexuality, has not always done a great job. Yeah. Over the years, it has caused a lot of pain and separation from society. And I'm sure, you know, from even the differences in when Julie was a teenager to when I was yeah. a teenager to when our youth now are teenagers, there's a huge change when talking about sex and sexuality. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like in, in when you were a teenager, how would sex and sexuality been talked about? Not much. And there is a really big, it was a lot of like purity culture mm. um, kind of. I grew up in that time, so I was born in the early 80s. So it was sort of a lot of families. Now, I didn't actually have one but a lot of people gave their daughters a purity ring and that was like a sign of you know that you were to stay pure until you were married and that was sort of the that was like a big thing when I was a kid and there was a lot of um yeah yeah talk about which isn't always (laughs) as helpful as you might think um yeah yeah and I think that um you know for me sex was talked about in a normal way where it was like yeah go try it go you know yeah it's good to know what you want it's good to know how you feel about it that's what we were taught almost in school yes oh yeah school and definitely puts a different spin on oh it absolutely than and the church does sexuality now that wasn't talked about as much no you know, not, for, not me for me like maybe towards the end of my high school days you could i could start to see that being talked about yep. a little more um it wasn't the lgbtq Sorry, LGBTIQ plus two. A. Oh, sorry. I don't, I, th- there's sorry, a, there's the a, acronym. Let's just call it LGBTQ for yeah, now we'll and understand that, that we... we um, it, it, it changes quite frequently. We want to respect all those who are listening. Um, so we'll just call it the L- LGBTQ. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my letters. Um, so what we're trying to say, like, it wasn't that... When I was in high school, it was more gay or lesbian. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. There wasn't really anything else at that point that we were aware of that people brought up yet. So, like, I knew people in high school who were gay or lesbian, and they were lovely, amazing people. Yeah. They were. They were just, yeah. they were lovely, amazing people. Even when I became Christian, they had a little bit of a different view of me because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you, you just, you don't accept me. You hate me now. And I was yeah. like, no, 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 I don't hate you. It's, I would never hate you. And they looked at me and they said, well, why? And I was like, well, I, I just disagree with you. I don't hate you. Yeah. I just disagree with you. Just like you disagree with me on things. And they looked at me and they were like, oh, well, that changes things. And I said, yeah, like we can still like be friends. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Do I disagree mm-hmm. with your lifestyle choice? Yes. And that's where it kind of got interesting because after I graduated high school, it felt like the, the world blew up on this. Yeah. <clears throat> where it's almost we're not talking about sex anymore. We're talking mainly about sexuality. Yeah. That's what we talk about. We're not mm-hmm. as much talking about sex. Maybe, I know they've brought the curriculum into the school boards now where they talk a lot about sex and sexuality. Yes, More predominantly mm-hmm. sexuality than anything else. I would agree, yeah. And I think that ultimately what is happening is 
we're growing up in an age now where it can be very confusing for someone mm-hmm. because you're being told things by you know your church and your church family and your family and then you're being told completely different things at school and you're mm-hmm. being told completely different things from your friends that is different from the school and the church yeah so what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to choose how are you supposed to navigate this it's incredibly yeah. hard how do you figure out what you what you believe and exactly. what the truth is and then you go on the internet Whoa, don't go on the internet Which is, and Google anything to do thing. with sex, guys. But it's a, it's a whole yeah. different thing. And f- for a little of what we're going to be doing on this podcast, I just want to stop with what the world says about sex and sexuality and see actually what the Bible says about sex, what Jesus actually says about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Now, before we jump in, when I, when I want to share personally, when I was in high school, sex was everywhere like it was talked about constantly in friend groups constantly everywhere it was it's on everyone's mind teenager you're more the most hormonal building Uh, in all the city and you know people shared stories in high school like bragging about it and everything and i was how you know they had sex and before i was christian i thought that was just normal that's what that Mm -hmm. was what life was meant to be you're supposed to go out and do this and what i learned after becoming christian was it was very very different and i learned that sex was something different and was held higher amongst christians mm-hmm. sex was more important there was a more beautiful standard yeah. in christianity um so what we're trying to get at is that in christianity sex was viewed is viewed as you know a gift from god yeah that's what it's viewed as you know mm-hmm. we don't talk about it as much in the church like that the language of that but that's what it, it really is. It's a beautiful gift from God. Yeah. And a lot of people might say, well, well, no, that's what that's what it is. We, we read that. We can see that. Um, and the fact is, when I became a Christian and I saw this, I was like, oh. Well, that's different. It's different yeah. than anything I've heard. So I was yeah. like, what does this really mean? And I, more discovering it and kind of trying to understand it, I realized that it was really true that, you know, sex is this gift from god that you know it's meant to be honored in a certain way it's meant to be a certain way it's not meant to be sneaky or shameful or no no anything like that so now that i say you know honored a lot Mm -hmm. of people get caught up on that now what do i mean by that well as the bible says i believe sex was designed and meant for marriage Mm -hmm. yep so hebrews 13 4 says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for god will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral Mm-hmm. So what's that saying is that um, this is talking about premarital sex, essentially. Yeah. That's what it's saying. It's saying that it shouldn't happen. But let's be honest, it happens in our world today. It certainly does. Absolutely yeah. happens. And now you may be thinking there's nothing wrong with that, with premarital sex. A lot of people will think there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to explore. It's good to figure out what you want. Yeah. Um, and it's part of growing up. But in reality, it causes so much pain and hurt. Yeah. An incredible amount of pain and hurt premarital sex can cause. Yep. And not just for yourself, but for the person you are doing it with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is um, there's a verse in Genesis, uh, two, Genesis 2, 24, and says, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. See, when you have sex... Mm-hmm. Sex was created in a way that it binds you to another person. Yeah. Where two people become one. It's such an intimate thing mm-hmm. where 
two people become one flesh, where they are joined together in this amazing way because it's not just physically, it's mentally, it's emotionally, it's spiritually. Yeah. You all combine, you combine together. And that's the way it was meant to be. It wasn't designed to be something casual. It wasn't designed to be something casual. It wasn't that, designed to be this thing where you just have a quick fling and you're done and you go. Yeah. It can't. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, your mind does something to you when you have sex with a person. Yeah, for sure. There are certain hormones that are released mm-hmm. that are designated now on that person. Mm-hmm. Which, to be honest, if you're just doing this for a casual thing, that's going to cause psychological damage to yourself because yeah. it's going to confuse you. For sure. So I also mentioned that there's pain and there's hurt in this as well when it comes to premarital sex. So what am I actually talking about? So I have three things um, that I've kind of written down that I think are important to talk about. Um, the first is it puts unreal expectations on a relationship. Mm-hmm. No matter what, in a relationship, when sex happens, it puts expectations on the relationship, especially yeah. when you're just dating. It's a different level of commitment. It's a huge different level of commitment because yeah. now it feels like every time you're together, do you, well, now what? Do, yeah. you, do you have to have sex? You've gone the full distance. Now what? What happens now? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if one person is thinking, "Well, yeah, obviously now we have to every time," or someone's thinking, "No, whoops, like yeah. whoops, oops, I didn't want to do that. That's too much." Mm-hmm unreal expectations and now yeah. one side of the relationship feels like they need to fulfill the other because ultimately when you have sex those emotions those habits you want to fulfill the other person yeah that's what you want to do and it just causes so much pain in that because what ultimately ends up happening is two people going in the opposite direction but still having sex and when two people are going in the opposite direction but still having sex you know emotionally spiritually mentally it, it breaks you. Uh, it's confusing it's to confusing. your psyche. It's confusing. It breaks you. Yeah. It makes you think that all you are worth now is just for sex. Yep. Which is not true. That's not what a relationship is meant to be. A mm-hmm. relationship is meant to be one that is filled with love and compassion. Yeah. It's meant to be filled that you're meant to honor each other. Yeah. Sex is not the ultimate relationship thing. No. The ultimate relationship thing is being able to honor each other. Being able mm-hmm. to fill each other's needs and wants and to be able to you know compassionately say i love this person not just for their physicality yeah but for their emotional their mental state their all of their being mm-hmm. sex kind of derives from that especially when it's just in a dating relationship because god intended it for marriage mm-hmm. <clears throat> the second thing i have when things go wrong and they can go wrong very quickly yep and cause something called trauma Especially in our world today, the trauma is everywhere. Yep. Especially around sex. Mm-hmm. And what happens is it breaks trust. It takes trust to have sex with someone. Yeah, it does. And ultimately, if your trust is not there for someone and you have sex, and then all of a sudden that relationship ends, it takes years to build that kind of trust to be able to even be able to do that with someone again. Yeah. Even when you've entered, say, if you've had sex and that relationship ends, and then you get married and you're with someone, it can take years and years to finally yeah. fully trust that person. And you mm-hmm. think, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, you married that person. No, it takes years Yeah. to finally build that trust because sex is such an intimate thing where you need to be able to feel comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to feel like you can be your true self. Yeah. Sex is one of those areas where I feel like in life, if you can't be your true self, 
it's not healthy it's not okay mm-hmm. because you need to ultimately feel comfortable and safe mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i think that you know premarital sex can cause a lot of that trauma because ultimately you could feel unsafe mm-hmm. there could be a sense that you know all they want from me is just physical yeah well and then there's the um comparison right like absolutely and comparison is the thief of joy and if you know you've maybe had a bad um sexual experience in the past or something and then you go into a new relationship and it's it's confusing it is and Mm -hmm. you know we talked about it's not just pain for you but it's pain for the other person as well yeah the comparison for the other person to think well am i living up to expectations am i doing things right am i am i causing this person more pain and i think that it just like you said it's confusing and comparison is the thief of joy because Mm -hmm. sex is meant to be honored and to be joyful and to you know god designed it as a beautiful thing where two people become one yeah and it's it's yeah and a third thing we kind of already talked about it and you know when the relationship ends and sex has occurred it's hard to build to build that trust and we talked about that building it over the years Mm -hmm. and it, it can really take a long time to rebuild Sometimes it doesn't rebuild for people. Yeah. Ultimately, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, anyone listening to this, and you're listening to this, and it's like, I don't really understand everything we're talking about. And you're a teenager. You're like, you know, who do I actually talk to this about? Ultimately, (laughs) I'm going to say this, and you're going to hate it. Everyone, parents are okay to talk to about this. Yeah, I know. Um, And you know what? Parents are... um, cooler than you give them credit for sometimes <laughs> yeah ultimately <laughs> parents want to make sure that you are safe yeah and not in a contr- not just in a controlling way Mm-mm. they want to make sure you're safe in a way where your emotional mental state is being protected and honored. yeah that's something i i realized with my parents because my parents you know not being christian very open of sex, very open, like, oh, yeah, like, you can always talk about it, yeah. encourage it, that kind of thing. So, you know, they were always like, how are you doing? We know in high school that a lot of people talk about this, and I said, honestly, I'm doing okay, mm-hmm. or I'm doing this. They, there was those check-ins, and ultimately that gave me a good understanding for sex because I was like, okay, this, we need to be able to honor each other, we need to be able to have that. And I think that yeah, we honestly need to be able to talk to our parents about this because... Yeah. And I'm not just saying this that the youth path are trying to get in the good books of the parents. What I'm saying <laughs> is it's important because they have experience. Yeah. And they can tell you the honest truth. Yep. And to tell your parents, I want to know the honest truth. I want to know what I'm actually meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And are they going to be a little biased? Sure, they're your parents. They love you and they want to unconditionally. They want to see you do well. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, the other thing we have to be able to talk about sexuality can you define sexuality for us so i define sexuality as someone's you know it's someone's uh preference for sex i would say that it's your physical attraction it's who mm-hmm. you're attracted to um that's what i would say sexuality kind of is and maybe i'm not sure. describing that correctly but it's a very big topic in our world today super big topic super yeah. big topic and it's always changing yep and I feel like, you know, what I've said before, you know, our youth are growing up in a generation where their sexuality is questioned. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, these are the different sexualities. No, their sexuality is questioned. Well, and it's encouraged to be questioned, I find, in schools and in just um, 
in the way they they talk about it in health class and things like that that's that's my perspective anyway um, maybe I'm wrong um, feel free to email Pastor Wes if you think I'm wrong um, and tell him no I'm kidding um, but I, I do think that they encourage that's my take on it yeah I think that people's sexuality is questioned nowadays because it almost feels if you are straight I'm going to describe this with ice cream okay if you are straight you're vanilla yeah it's not exciting. People don't think that's exciting. Yeah. You can't just be vanilla. People you're not special that you're way. You're not special. And I think that's wrong because there's nothing like people are people. And mm-hmm. I, we're going to talk about this more and this is going to lead into things. Um, but I don't think it's right that we're questioning people with sexuality. Like we flipped it's the spectrum so much yeah. to where now it's almost... You're questioned if you're straight, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's right. Um, in in our youth group, and the, all the youth will know this. We've been talking about uh, you know the second greatest commandment that Jesus gives us, and it's to love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. So as we're doing this, I want to keep that in the front of our minds for everyone that's listening, for parents listening, for youth mm-hmm. listening. Keep that in the front of our minds while we talk about this, because ultimately, in our youth group. There will be people that have different opinions, mm-hmm. different thoughts. Yeah. There might be people who have different sexuality. Let's be honest. It's very well possible. Yeah. And we want to be able to honor those people and not just say, oh, you are completely wrong and you need to go away. And that's not what we're trying to no, do. No, no. We want to love them well. We want yeah. to love them well. And I say that very passionately because yeah. I think that's what's needed in our world today. When it comes to sexuality, I find the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. You know, sexuality and sex was created in a way God intended it to be for man and for woman. Mm-hmm. Together, becoming one flesh. Yep. That was God's intention for sex. I mean, now we live in a broken world. Yes, Where we sin do. has entered the world and it's caused a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So what would I say to someone who's in the LGBTQ? Yeah. What would I I'm honestly curious. Say? What would you honestly say? Yeah. So what I would say to someone in the LGBTQ, if they were like, oh, you don't accept me. Well, I'd say... No, I accept you as a human being. Mm-hmm. I absolutely accept you as a human being. Do I disagree with your choices? Yes, just as you disagree with mine. Now, I said this earlier in the podcast when I talked yeah. to someone in high school, and I still have that yep. same answer because I believe that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to someone is, you know, that I want to honor them as a human being and that I don't want to see them feel that I hate them or that I judge them so much. That's not what we're meant to do. No. Jesus gives us the second greatest commandment, which is to love thy neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our neighbors are part of the LGBTQ. Yeah. And I hate when people say, sorry, that's strong language. I very much disagree with people when they say, oh, well, we can't love those people. They're completely dishonoring God. We as Christians dishonor God all the time. Yeah, we do. We put... We lie, we gossip, but somehow we think those are more okay. Those are more okay. Or that's what people They're think. They're socially and it's acceptable wrong. sins, yeah. But the thing is... We put sexual sin at the top of the list of things that are wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe murder we could put slightly higher than that. Well, let's that. be honest. Do we? Huh. Do we really? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think we do. No. Because we what? want to love and accept those who have done wrong things. Yeah. We go to, you know, we go to prisons and we help people. And that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that ministry. That is an incredible rebuilding ministry. We have no real ministry for people in the LGBTQ. There's a huge separation. 
Yeah, because again, it cycles right back to what we talked about at the beginning. We don't want to talk about we sex don't. and sexuality. But we need to. Yeah. We probably do. And we are and right now. Yeah, let's be honest. Like, I'm I'm 100% in my thinking that we put sex and sexuality as the greatest sin. Yeah. We almost it, do in our churches. probably right up near the top. In yeah. our Western society, we do. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong because it's not. It's just not. Yeah. It's a lifestyle choice, just as gossiping and lying is a lifestyle choice. And I think that, to be honest, we label people with their sin, especially when it's a sexual sin. Mm-hmm. We label people. We say, oh, that person's, you know, that person's gay. We strip them of their humanity. Yeah. We don't say, oh, that's, you know, this person. Oh, yeah, they happen to be this, but. They're still human. Mm-hmm. There's still a human being that deserves love and joy and peace and companionship. Yep. And this is what this is what some people might not like. God loves them still no matter what. Of course he does. But we don't think about that with LGBTQ. No. And that's wrong. That's so wrong. To be honest. God loves them just as much as he loves us. Mm-hmm. And I know people aren't going to be a fan of that, but it's true. It's 100% true. It does, yeah. And ultimately, I think the church needs to kind of step it up a little bit. I think we've done so wrong in working with people who are part of the LGBTQ, working with young people who are confused about their sexuality. Mm-hmm. We've done a terrible damage. Yeah. Just look at it. And then we have hypocritical people in the church who have done terrible, awful things. Yeah. And I look at that and I say, you know, we are broken human beings. Mm -hmm. But I think that if we are holding ourselves to a standard, then we have to hold ourselves to a standard Mm -hmm. and be able to show people love and compassion through that standard. Because right now we're not doing that at all. And I think that... The biggest thing to take away from everything we're talking about. One, one, um, about sex. Sex is this beautiful and amazing gift from God that is meant to be honored. I'm not trying to take that away. Yeah. It's this beautiful and amazing gift that's meant to be honored and it's meant to be honored in a certain way. That's what, that's my opinion. That's what I think. I think the Bible is clear on that and I agree with the Bible. And I think that if, you know, someone is part of the LGBTQ and possibly they're listening to this, what I want to say to them is you are loved so much Mm -hmm. and that you can have a church family and community and the fact that God loves you just as much as everybody else, not just like a name on the roster, but like the hairs on your very head are numbered. Yep. I think that's incredible. And I think that we skip over that too much. And I think that, honestly, we are all broken humans. Mm-hmm. And eventually we need to come back together and show each other love. Yeah. That's what I want to ultimately think we need to take away from this. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Wes. That was a, that was a, great, uh, that was a great one today. Um, yeah. 
you want to email Pastor Wes, if you want to discuss any of this or have any questions, um, he'd love to hear from you. And his email address is wes at waynefleetbic.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me with any feedback or podcast suggestions, I'd love to hear from you as well. And my email address is julie at waynefleetbic.com. Thank you for tuning in today, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week. Bye.